0: I'm so excited today. Why? Because you're about to listen to episode 231 with David Verberg, Olympian gold medalist in track and field. He holds gold medals from the 2016 Olympics from Rio, 2015, 2014, and 2013 championships. He's the founder of a non-profit organization by the name of Golden tortoise dedicated to saving turtles lives around the world. David is such a down-to-earth high performing individual that I had the honor of speaking alongside him at a panel in Orlando and I was just so amazed that I had to invite him because the moment I saw him I instantly knew he was a human 2.0 and has a lot to offer to this world. While you're listening to this, if there's anything to you that sticks out as interesting or insightful, take a screenshot of the podcast and go ahead and share it with a friend, share it on your Snapchat story, send it via email to your grandma. Just find a way to share knowledge because that's really what learning is all about. Without further ado, episode 231. So, David, the first question that I usually always ask my guests is how do you spend your time here on planet Earth?
1: <laughs> uh, honestly, I spend it living life and enjoying every minute of it. As, as corny as that sounds, um, each day is not promised, right? So every day I wake up is a brand new day to do something. And so I, I treat each day just like that. So I'm always, I am always try to be in a good mood. You guys are my friends. You know, I'm in a good mood and like 95% of the time, there's that 5% where I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. But, you know, I really try to make the most out of each day, whether that's, you know, helping somebody out, whether that's doing a little something positive for myself, whether that's, you know, walking my dog and seeing him play around outside and having a good time. Like that animal had an amazing time, an amazing day. And like just little moments like that like over the course of, you know, a week makes it an amazing life. And so I just take it away, literally one yeah. day at a time.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I I think my ratio is more like eighty <laughs> twenty, but I'm I'm trying to work up there, man. I'm trying to get it to ninety five. But um, I I want to talk to animals l- later on. But I mean, David, you know, I think a, a lot of people know you for you know the work that that you've done and your accomplishments. You know, like being a Olympian gold medalist. But, you know, we both know you didn't start off that way. And so I'm wondering if you could kind of take us back to just like very, very early life to your upbringing, where you grew up. Um, you know, what the scenario was with your parents, what you view to be like some of the most shaping circumstances that, that you think about. I think that'd be really, really impactful for our audience to hear rather than just sort of seeing you as like this finished, perfect product. <laughs>
1: perfect. I wish, perfect, I wish. <laughs> but no, um, I was adopted. Um, so starters start us off, I'm African-American male and I was adopted into a, a Caucasian family, a white family. Um, I was adopted at six weeks old. So that's all I knew. Um, I wasn't, you know, a you know, teenager or any old. That's all I knew. So growing up, literally, that's the only family unit that I knew. And they were both. Uh, both my parents are doctors. My dad is a professor. My mom was an emergency room doctor. And they always pushed, you know, pushed education, pushed school. And we moved around a lot. So I went from I was going Oklahoma, from Oklahoma to Tennessee, Tennessee, you know, Kentucky, Wyoming, back in Kentucky, now Florida. And I say that because I hated it growing up. I honestly hated the bouncing around, the moving. I felt like I never got settled. I felt like I could never, you know, keep like a solid group of friends. Like I always felt like I was always just getting shifted and I was always like the new kid. And so I really hated it. But growing up now, looking back, that honestly really shaped who I am today because of the amount of moving I've had to do now as an adult, the amount of people I've had to interact with, um, and just living in all these different places, experiencing all these different little cultures in these different states really helped mold me, you know, as a, as a human I am today to be able to interact with different people as I travel and be ready for different situations just because I was, you know, bounced around a lot uh, growing up. So that really kind of set the foundation for you know, who I am moving forward and being able to adapt to the different scenarios and different situations I've been put in.
0: Mm, mm. I totally love that answer, man. For me personally, I also moved around a lot. And so I know exactly what it is that that you're talking about to a degree. And, you know, man, it just kind of like it it puts your mindset in like this. um, I mean, for me, I kind of felt like I was in a bubble like I was sort of like the the outsider like I we were always moving mm-hmm. around um, and you know something I don't know if this ties into it but uh, you and I were on a panel in Orlando Florida and the host was sort of asking us like what what is your driver like what motivated you to accomplish all these different things and I remember you gave a really interesting answer I'm wondering if you could sort of Tell us here, like why you think that you are successful. Is it for the fact that um, you know you were this kid that was moving around a lot, or like how do you how do you think about that today? Um,
1: that answer is a uh, kind of a loaded a loaded answer because there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> um, I um, I said I always uh, compete with a chip on my shoulder. You know, with everything, whether it's you know school, Parcheesi, track and field, you know, whatever it is, I've always feel like I have a chip on my shoulder and I always have to prove myself. And I feel like that really stemmed from, you know, people feeling like I couldn't do it, whether that would be, you know, I was a new kid, so okay, well, you know, what can he do? I had to prove myself every time I moved because, you know, I was a new kid. So to be that new kid, you have to be above and beyond to kind of break, you know, break the ice, you know, be accepted. And so I kinda used sports and used, you know, competitiveness to do that. And so I made sure that I was, you know, try to be the best going in because then people want to be your friend automatically. Right. So that was the fastest way to make friends. And so that kind of started that off. And then also being adapted subconsciously, not even realizing it, um, wanting to compete within the family unit as far as like, make sure you're accepted. Now, before, you know, don't get me wrong. I knew I was loved from the jump. I never thought I wasn't. But in the back of Mm -hmm. your head, you want to Make sure you're up to par, almost, right? So, you know, I'm always making sure, like, okay, like grades are good, you know, athletics are well, just because I wanted to make sure I fit into this, um, this perfect family unit that they that they portrayed. And I say portrayed, like my my family's very successful. Like my brother's an engineer, my sister's a doctor, my parents are doctors, and so like, okay, like they're successful. I can't come in here, you know, and be like the, the only non-successful contributing Burberg to this family so what can I contribute like how do I get just as successful as they do um what would be my route to do that and that was athletics for me hmm.
0: that's uh that's really interesting man so so you're so you're 27 and you know just like you said that was a very loaded question and I'm I'm like curious in your life were you always like sort of consciously aware of these different things that motivated you and the fact that you had like a chip on your shoulder, or was it something that like you sort of realized later down the road? And and if so, how did that sort of unfold? If you remember,
1: uh, it was kind of a gradual uh, unfolding of it all. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a moment where I realized like this was it. It just that I realized that, um, you know, the second somebody would say, like, I couldn't do something, I made sure I did it. You know, I made sure I did it well. And so I realized, like, everybody wasn't like that, right? Everybody wouldn't, you know, those comments wouldn't get to them that way. Um, They would just brush it off. Like, that, that really, that really stung me. Somebody said I couldn't do something. I want to make sure, like, oh, no, I can't, you know, like, you know, watch me do this. And I just thought I was petty, you know, and real competitive. And I didn't realize that, I, you know, that's what really drove me. That's what really, you know, made me successful. And it has the pros and cons. You know, there's definitely, like, negativity that comes with that. Um, if you let other people try to dictate your success. But if you know how to harness that and kind of make it sure that you are successful because of that, um, it could be beneficial. But it was definitely a slow realization. Um, it probably honestly wasn't until the last couple of years, you know, really taking time to sit back and like, you know, look at what I've done, where I want to go, you know, where have I been, um and what's what's pushing me forward now, uh to really realize like, okay, that's what that's what really has been a driving factor these last years.
0: Mm. That's such an interesting question. And when you bring, you know, something in your life, that's always been there, that you were unconscious about. And now, you know, gradually, like you said, bringing in sort of like the conscious sphere and connecting the dots and being like, Oh, man, like, you know, like I did this when I was younger, because of actually that and and this and that. It's just super, super fascinating, man. Um, and so, you know, to kind of like go back a little bit, were, you know, at, when you were a kid, um, I mean, like, what what were you interested in? Like, what did you spend your days doing? And then when did you, you know, when did you find track? When did you sort of find running? Uh,
1: I found running late. I found running real late. I wasn't, I was a senior in high school mm-hmm. by the time I really found track for real. That was my first full season. I dibbled and dabbled like my freshman year and sophomore year just to kind of stay in shape, just to make friends. Uh, my younger years, you know, I didn't spend running, I didn't do AAU juniors and, and stuff like that like a lot of kids did. I played soccer, um, I was outside a lot. I was always outside, I grew up on a farm in Kentucky for a lot of the time, um, in between all the bouncing. And like that really, you know, got my whole imagination going. I spent a lot of time outside with the animals, a lot of time, you know, just out in the exploring. Uh, you know, I would get the bird books and go try to find the birds in the book. You know, I was that kid for, you know, for a long time. And I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. I could, I'll take the encyclopedia and go find, you know, the lizards I could find um, in that area. Because there's only two. And let me see if I can find the two that live, you know, in Kentucky. Like those type of things. Uh, growing up, I wasn't like the, the big sports athletic kid at all. I did sports because hmm. I liked being active and being outside. But that was never like my driving my driving force. So track for me was was definitely a late. I uh, did it to stay in shape for other sports and then ended up like realizing that I was pretty decent and kind of just went from there.
0: I see. I see. So it wasn't like a, like a classic sort of like passion.
1: purpose. No, story. not at all. It's kind of an unorthodox like, uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm here now. So it's okay. Let's, let's keep this going. You know, like I, I ran track at first because <laughs> the, uh, the track coaches saw me running a soccer practice and they're like, okay, this kid's fast. Like you should come run track. And I'm like, okay. You know, my brother ran track. You know, my dad ran track. So I'm just following tradition of, you know, family tradition of running track. So I ran track. Um, so it was never like, a, you know, five years old, like, I'm going to go to the Olympics. Uh, it was it was never that. Even though at a young age, funny enough, I did say I wanted to be a professional athlete. But I thought I was going to be like soccer or football. Hmm. But I definitely wanted to be a professional athlete, like, you know, in the back of my mind. And then, lo and behold, it's it's, of all things, track. But um, yeah, it was definitely one of these you know grind stories from from a young age, and I'm um, waking up in the morning uh, with this dream. I wish it was because I make for definitely epic, you know, epic story. But it's not. I kind of just <laughs> fell into it, realized like I had some some type of talent and a, a lot of desire, and kind of just went with it.
0: Hmm. And you know, man, I think that's exactly what makes it an epic story. Um, like I heard once like a quote, and it's like you know never never try to like shortcut your story, never try to like make it glamorous or like match up because, you know, the matter of the fact is, David, like there's people listening to this podcast right now and it's like, dude, if you said when you were three years old or five years old or whatever, you're like, man, I'm going to be a professional Olympian athlete. I'm going to be a runner. I'm going to train every day ever since, you know, I came (laughs) out from, uh, you know, ever since I was born. It's like when you, when that happens, man, All the people that like sort of like viewed you as maybe like an equal human, because you know, we all are equal humans, they'll sort of like elevate you, man, and they'll put you sort of like on this pedestal that is unattainable. And so, man, it's like it's all about sharing that authentic story because I mean, there's dudes like you and I that are really, really gonna resonate with that true authentic story. So, um, thanks, man. And and then how did sort of like, how did the events sort of unfold that eventually led you to, you know, travel around the world, being an Olympian? So that
1: all kind of started, um, post college, started a little bit in college. So, you know, I went to George Mason university on a partial track scholarship. Um, and my freshman year, I made the world junior team for the USA team. Um, so they have juniors, and seniors kind of just divided up by age group. Um, senior, of course, is like the, the big time meet you see on TV, you know, and juniors is of course like the younger kids. And so I was still in the age bracket my freshman year, I could run juniors. And at the time I just wanted to get USA gear. Like that was a dream. You know, if you get USA gear, like you are official. So I just wanted gear, honestly, I wanted to make a team and get gear. Uh, so we, we you know, I made the team, I went to junior trials, uh, placed third. So I made a relay spot. And I remember we were on the team and they said, like, a lot of you, this will be your only team. So enjoy it. And, you know, like, you know, me and that chip on the shoulder, I thought they were talking like I that took I took it to heart. You know, like they're talking to me. Right. Like, <laughs> what do you mean it's my only team? Like <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was that kid. Like, OK, I'm going to prove them wrong. So that kind of started me like, OK, I can do this. You know, we won a medal. That was my first medal. and That kind of really got me started. Like, OK, like this is this is fun. We traveled up to Canada. You know, it wasn't far, but I'm traveling with track. I'm getting cool stuff. I'm meeting cool people. And that kind of started off this whole dream of like, okay, like I can I can maybe do this for real. Like I can maybe be one of these guys. Now at the time, my times were, you know, far off from, you know, the pro times. You know, my rankings were off. Like I wasn't – the dream wasn't at the time in in arm's reach, but it was there. So that kind of sparked it all off. And then after there, every – from 2000 and I want to say – 12, yeah, two thousand twelve and on, I've been on a USA team and that kinda just, you know, competing better, making making USA rounds, making finals, making teams. So it was kinda like a gradual build up to to where I was to get to the Olympic team. You know, I started, you know, making the juniors and then okay, I was sixth in the final. Okay, now I'm fourth. Okay oh, he's third. And then I won. And then, you know, so kind of just a slow progression as far as like my, my whole career has been um just a gradual build up, you know, slow steps each level.
0: Totally, totally. And you know, David, uh, th- the question that I'm, you know, begging to ask you even though I know it's a it's a <laughs> very loaded question. I was trying to totally get this uh when we were in Orlando talking, but I mean, I I want to understand how you know, a guy like you sort of mentality, like the mindset, like the the inner world in which you operate from to you know, have those sort of incremental upgrades, like what you just talked about. Um, And so, I mean, like, dude, I'm like, I'm just curious, like, what, like, how, how do you train? Like, like, what are your main like philosophies in life? Like, where, like, where do you go when, when times are tough? Like, how do you just, you know, how do you, how do you, How are you a a high-performing human being to the best of your ability? I wish
1: I could give you a 100% answer because if I knew exactly how, I I would be a millionaire, I'm sure. But uh, I've pieced together what I I feel like (laughs) it is. And uh, honestly, it's it's a lot of drive. It's a lot of inner drive. Um, I told myself a long time ago, nobody's going to change my life for me. You know, I can only do that. And that kind of goes for everything. So right now, that's athletics. So if I want to be faster, I can – I can only make me faster, right? I can listen to what the coaches say, but they're not doing the work. You know, I can watch the videos and eat the protein, but at the end of the day, I have to make it work for me. And Mm -hmm. so that really, that's what really drove me the entire time. That's what really gets me in that mindset when I'm at practice, when I'm competing. You know, if I'm out there in the race, you know, I can get nervous all at once, I can doubt, but if I want to win, I have to want to do that. I have to. Put myself in that position because nobody else is going to let me win or help me win or do anything else like that. And it's the same for, I mean, it's the same for any part of life. You know, if I want a new career, if I want that new car, for any, anything at all, you know, nobody's going to just hand that to you and, and give it to you. If you want to change your life, you have to go out there and take the steps to do that. And it might be a slow, tedious journey, but you still have to take those steps. And so remembering that has really been the driving factor in. My preparation, as far as mentally, um, and then physically, because it kind of all encompasses. Because you can't do one without the other. So if I'm not mentally strong, and mentally ready to like, okay, yeah. you know, nobody else can do this for you. Got to go to attack it. You know, I have to have the same ethic when I'm in the gym. You know, and I'm slacking off and I'm hurting and I want to do it. Okay, well the next guy is for sure. Yeah. You know, and he's probably doing five. Meanwhile, you only have to do three. So yeah. why are you complaining about three when somebody's probably doing six? You know, and, and just things like that. Remember that. You know, somebody else is always doing something. You don't have to be in competition, but you have to make sure you're doing all you can as well to be in the same position.
0: Dude, I, I, I love that so much. I, I see it all the time now on social media. Like, you know, you you shouldn't compare yourself. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you're just browsing Instagram, <laughs> you know, you definitely should not be, you know, comparing to yourself to, to other people that you have no idea about. But I really like the sort of distinction that you just brought up of like, I mean dude the matter of the fact is like no matter what field you're in whether you are an olympic athlete which is very very evident of the whole competition piece or you know you're a, you're an entrepreneur or you're running a business or you know mm-hmm. you're you're a student in school I mean the matter of the fact is outside success is relative it's only dependent on what the other people are doing that you either know or don't know and so I really like that critical, like practical, realistic piece because I hear so often people say like, you know, don't don't look at what other people are doing or like don't compare yourself and like yeah that's very true to a point but you've got to be you know very competitive if you mm-hmm. if you want to be the top at whatever it is that you're doing like that's such a critical piece that I think a lot of people misunderstand. Oh, definitely for sure. Today, I for sure, people
1: get confused with like comparing. And, and just you know checking right it's okay to peek over and see what you're, you know okay okay they're doing well okay well how can i get how can i do well right how what can i do to do well you don't have to get stuck on like you know you can see somebody that see something that somebody has and and want it for yourself and that and that'd be perfectly fine it's when you you envy that person or you get envious or desired in a negative way that's that's not helping yourself out at all but if you see somebody has like okay you know this you have a you have like a you example you have a outstanding you know award-winning podcast right i can't if i want to be in your position i have to sit here and say okay what steps do i have to do to to get where he's at i can't sit here and be like dang like he already does it like i can't do that like he's already done it i'm not gonna make it because he's already done it like that's not mm. the case like how can i make my version just as good as his you don't have to be in competition why can't we work together at the end of the day right so it's the same
0: mm, totally I'm, I'm curious david like do you Do you ever have days where you wake up in the morning and like, you know, you're in like your first sort of few moments of consciousness and you are like unmotivated to, to do, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you have a morning routine or to go to the gym, um, does that ever happen for you? And if it does, like what, like, how do you sort of cope with that? How do you deal with that? How it do happens so. circumvent more than you that? think,
1: honestly. Um, there are days where your your nervous system mm. is just fried, whether it's emotional, physical, or a little combination of the two. Mm. And you just don't want to get up, right? You just don't want to move. Whatever's coming up that day is just too hard. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. You just don't want to do that. And you have to literally sit there and tell yourself to to, okay, put my foot down. OK, take a step. Like, I really have to go step by step and almost rev myself up to get where I'm going. I can't just jump out of bed when I'm not feeling like, it. Like, woo, let's go. Like, You know, let's get going. Like, that's, that's not me. I have to do the same thing, as, you know, as far as like, OK, well, you know, my competitor is already up. So I have to get up. And then I take small little steps. If I, if I wake up and I'm not feeling it that day, whatever it is, I try to, like, tackle little tasks. Like, OK, get up. Just make breakfast and go from there. So I'll get up and do that. You realize, like, just setting little small tasks, like, little, whether there's something mm. really small, like, okay, sleep for five more minutes because you, like, reward yourself, right? So five more minutes and then five more minutes, get up and do something, right? And get up and do something. I give myself two minutes to, like, okay, reflect, sit down. Mm. All right. Like, why do why we feel this way? I really do a self-evaluation real fast. Like, why am I feeling this way? Like, why am I down? Am I tired? Am I mad? Am I hungry? Like, you know, there has to be a reason I'm feeling this way. So I try to tackle that as early as possible. So I'm not starting my whole day off like in the dumps or in a slouch or in that negative space. Because you go out your day, you're going to have a negative day. You know, it's just, it is what it is. You bring out negativity, you're going to have negativity follow you around. So I try to make sure I at least try to evaluate what the heck's going on with me. And if I figure it out, I mean, I'm not saying I fix it. I could just be in a pissy mood that whole day. but At least I know what's going on um but you still got to get this stuff done like you still people still got to go to work I uh, still got to go to practice and those are honestly some of the best practices that I have on the days where I don't care are the days where I just got to get it mm. done because I'm not thinking as much I, I kind of just shut it off I kind of shut my mind off and just say effort and get it done and those are some of the best practices because you just want to get the work finished mm. and you just kind of flow through it you're thinking about whatever is kind of going on and in doing that you release these endorphins and you're feeling great afterwards physically because you ran it out and then mentally you've kind of sorted it out through your workout. So you don't have to be a runner for that. Like I've gone to the Mm -hmm. gym, I go on bike rides, you know, any type of physical activity that you can do and just kind of let your mind go and figure out what's going on. Um, I try to do it as early as possible. I know I, I kind of ran with the question, but I try to do that as early as possible to kind of like reset and make sure I'm like, you know, in the right mental state.
0: Mm. No, dude I, I i i love that answer on so many different levels. I mean, you know what i'm what I'm hearing from you is that you know we all wake up as humans, and you know sometimes our whatever it is, like you said, like our mental or our emotional state um, can be a little bit off. And i've i've got this great friend of mine that says like you know oftentimes when we wake up and we're in sort of like that similar state. You know, our, our our brain cannot keep up with sort of like our body. And so when you begin to take a little step forward and then a little step forward and then another little step forward, you build momentum. And then if you do things like whether it's stretching or going to the gym or something physical – what that is doing on like a mental level is you know, you're know, you almost like tiring yourself out and that mm. sort of like slows yeah. down your stream of consciousness. And then you're able to be like, oh, wow. Like the reason why I was feeling this way was actually because of this other reason that I couldn't think of in the morning. And it's like that's hyper – hypercritical bro yeah
1: give yourself like like giving your brain time to slow down with the rest of you like okay like sort it out because right now she's going a mile a minute yeah I definitely like that
0: totally totally man and it's like you know for somebody uh for somebody like me who was never really physically active and I've gotten serious about it just from last year and like the the amount of like you know like the quote unquote benefits. Um, for me, at least, are 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 massive. Like, and by benefits, I'm talking about not physical, just purely sort of like mental and emotional. Like, it's it's a it's an essential part part of my day, 100%. Man, um, and so, dude, you know, when I take a look at you know a, a, a decorated professional athlete such as yourself, a question that I I love asking people in your position is, I'd love if you could tell us about a time where you had like a peak, peak life experience, like in your mind, like a pinnacle, quote unquote, life experience. And then the contrast of like, what's a time where you felt that was like the lowest period of your life? Um, at least in that moment, and, and why?
1: Uh, crazy because it kind of happened like right after the other, like one year after the next. Um, so I would say like the peak moment with me, for me was 2015. Um, it wasn't even the Olympics uh, for me, it was probably 2015 career wise, just because uh, I won USA's. You know, I was ranked top five in the world. Um, I had ran 44 multiple times. Like, I was, you know, I was doing really well. Like, I had finally gotten, t- for me, to a point in a career I never thought I would get to. And so, you know, I was, I was, I was, couldn't tell me anything. Like, not in the sense of cocky, but, like, I was, I was feeling really good. I was very confident. You know, I was on top of my, you know, of my game. And it followed through the next year. Like, the, the whole, like, 2015, 2016 time period was great for me. Followed by, I had an injury in 20, when was it, 2017. I had a partial tear in my achilles and so that coupled with um some off the track relationship uh things i was going through the combination so i was mentally all over the place and i had moved so i was mentally all over the place physically i was hurt and so the combination just drove me down into this like this dark spot for quite a while actually um you know because you started with the self-doubt because it started with self-doubt on the track and then it started self-doubt in the relationship because, okay, one's not working well. So you lean to the other one and that's not working well. So it's like, mm. wow, like that was, those are both, you know, two big parts of my life at the time. And I didn't have either one, you know, track, was, track wasn't track was working out for relationship was failing. So it was like, wow, what do what do I have now? Like, and I, that really for me was, was a bottom point, especially after being like so, you know, so elevated, you know, a short time before to reach this bottom point of like, I'm not in races, you know, I'm sitting at home hurt, mm. you know, going through these other problems, like had some other issues going on. So it was just a lot. And I felt like, you know, this is it. Like, you know, where, where do I go from here? Like, this is, it was a terrible low point in my life. And that was really, really hard to get through at that point.
0: I see. I see. And, um, you know, like, how do you, how do you think about that exact event? Today, like, do you still view it as, you know, a, a bad time? Do you now view it as like a great time in your life that that enabled you to sort of like set the runway for growth? Or
1: <laughs> I will never refer to it as a great time, <laughs> but I will say it's a necessary time in my life. Um, you know, I, I've had a pretty great life. I'm not even gonna lie, not too many, you know, rocky points. But I'll definitely say some of those are very necessary, uh, just to. I'm sorry. I thought my, I thought my turtle was eating something just to, you know, keep your drive there and and keep you on the right track. Um, no, it was definitely a lesson that definitely let me sit back and realize like, what am I doing this for? You know, what am I still doing this for? Like, why am I pushing forward? And let me sit back and be thankful for what I've done. You know, um, everything was going so fast and so high. I didn't really set back and appreciate, you know, the things that I had had accomplished and things I wanted to accomplish. And just, uh, it was a setback, but it was definitely a, a life lesson as far as, like, you know, be appreciative. And I was definitely way more thankful, you know, afterwards just of what I've done, you know, the opportunity that I've been given, you know, taking, I've taken a lot of things for granted. So it really kind of humbled me in a sense that, you mm-hmm. know, made me realize, like, okay, I'm human, you know, because I, I thought I was Superman for a while, and that wasn't the case you know, physically and mentally, you know, mentally, I thought I couldn't take any hits either. I was rock solid. And then realizing I hit a breaking point was hard for me because I never had to lean on anybody in in my eyes. Um, And so to get to the point where I was like, I can't even handle me uh, was hard. And I had to realize that, okay, you can't do everything by yourself. Maybe like it's okay to reach out to other people. It's okay to reach to the bottom as long as you don't stay there. You know, like I had a low point, but that low point was to push me to climb out and get to a, a higher point, which I would say I'm at now um, because I really pushed me, you know, on the track to to correct some things. And off the track, you know, really further just me as a person and, and David as a brand, um, the time really helped me to kind of just sit back and reevaluate life as a whole
0: you know man isn't it isn't it so funny that you know we you know we're we're living life we're you know we're doing all these different things we're accomplishing all these things, and then you know life sort of has like a like a really unique sort of like event or something that unfolds that you know really teaches us a lesson, and you know it could have been a lesson that we thought we learned but didn't or it could be an entirely new one where it's like, you know, your, your systems are kind of like scrambled and you've got to restart sort of from the beginning. But a, a question that sort of popped up when you were saying that stuff is like, I've been having a lot of conversations with people around like the, like your identity ego. And it's, it's like this concept for people that don't know of like, you know, somebody in your position, like, you know, you're an Olympian athlete, you know, you then start to associate, you know, David with an Olympian. And obviously, you know, you very much are an Olympian for sure. But then you start to sort of like revolve the entire, your entire life around that very fact. And, you know, you start to sort of like label yourself. And for me, what I found is like when you do that and you don't place your identity on something that Is sort of like solid and steady, you know. You're getting all sort of like this outside feedback from the world, like this positive Mm. reinforcement. But then something, you know, changes. You might have some sort of an injury, and it's almost sort of like you know you Mm. lose yourself, and like you see this happen in 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 relationships when you know somebody's been a I don't know, uh, like a mom or a teacher for like forty years, and then all of a sudden something switches, and then it questions how they think about themselves. And so I'm just curious, like to hear your uh, point of view on that. If you have any any thoughts, no, on
1: definitely. That. Um, <clears throat> it definitely makes you sit back and question who you are, because you know, like you said, like I identified as Olympian, David Olympian. That's what, like, that's that's what I am. That's who I was. like kind of intertwined. You know, I wasn't one without the other you know like it was David track track David and I didn't have anything else outside of that took that I thought so when one was bad I was bad mm. so when one was failing I was a failure in my eyes so if track wasn't going well then clearly my life wasn't going well and it took me a while to really separate the two um I had gotten so wrapped up in that as an identity that I had lost my own you know if mm. he told me he asked somebody like who's who David he was like he Track, you know, run track, you run track, 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 track. Like, that's that's all I knew because um, that's why I got so enveloped, so dope, so deep into, into the sport that I forgot to take a breath and, you know, have a life outside of that, How, have a life outside of what really is work. If you, if you get down to the nitty-gritty, it's my job. And so to, to step out from that and to actually have an identity outside of that and not rely on the the outside Accolades and the outside appreciation of other people because that will bury you. You know, you have a great race; it's great. They feel like the world loves you, right? But you, you know, you have a couple bad ones, and then nobody knows your name. It's the same as you know, if you do something great, you know, in life you know have a couple awards, people love you. You know, get a couple, you know, couple speeding tickets. You know, do something, do something negative, and you know, people don't look at your way. Uh, But it's the same, you know. So I had to really sit back and realize that I had to create something outside of my my sport and my work to give myself an identity because otherwise i would get enveloped and ultimately never be able to climb out of a dark spot if you know if i got in another one because i was so mm. wrapped up in my sport which i can't always control
0: mm. totally totally man i know i know you'd have a, a great answer to this since you're uh, such a down-to-earth guy um i mean dude the next question i'm going to ask you is like it's very <laughs> maybe difficult <laughs> but um I mean dude i mean like i'm just i'm I'm curious like what what goes on in your mind like if if somebody were to like take a a recorder and like record like how you talk to yourself like how your mindset operates for like two minutes i mean like is there is there anything that um you could sort of like give us? I know that's a very interesting question, but
1: <laughs> interesting question how my mind operates um so for me, it's like
0: you know, I am um, like I said, I came from uh, a little bit of poverty, a little bit of uh, bullying, a little bit of moving around, and so when I wake up every morning, there is a part of my mind that's like I am trying to like prove the world wrong, and at the same time, I am like trying to imagine things that I want to create in my life and project them onto the real world. And while I am doing that, though, there is another part of me that's telling me that like I suck and I'm never going to be successful if I'm being totally yeah. honest with you, man. Yeah. And then it's like, when that happens, it triggers another part of me. That's like, dude, look at your life, man. Like you're like, I'm so grateful to have, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and this and that. I, and I'm, I'm just curious. Cause like, I, I love hearing it from people, especially like down to earth, high performers like you do, but I know it's something that it's a sort of like a little bit hard to like, you know, keep sort of track on to be able to to say in an interview. But I mean, anything that comes to mind.
1: No, it's kind of you. Funny you said that. Like the the way you describe is very similar to how I describe like how I how I think as mm. far as like the a very uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sense of, <laughs> of thinking. Uh, no! Honestly, it's like the the devil and the angel. Mm. I'm uh, I'm my biggest I'm my biggest fan and my biggest enemy at the same time. So I'll I will wake up and create like all these ideas for myself, all these all these things I want to do, and then at the same time, two seconds later, destroy each one as well like why I can't. Mm. And I'm in a constant battle of like which one like you know which idea is gonna succeed and like actually like stumble through because. I'll sit here all these grand plans and ideas and things I want to do. At the same time, I have this self doubt just holding over me, like finding you know f- five hundred reasons why I can't, mm. right? And I'll, I'll talk myself out of. You know, I'm the biggest one to talk myself out of something mm. um, all the time. And that's Definitely a flaw I have for sure. Is uh, I'll talk myself out of. Uh, <laughs> it's getting too, it's getting so bad. I've talked myself during races. Mm. Um, I've been in races where I have uh, I've been thinking, and you're not supposed to you're not supposed to do that at all. But I've been in a race. The the championship race at USA is actually where I won. Hmm. Um, I was in the turn and I knew I was going to get top three, which made the team. And I was thinking, like, okay, I made it. And I was like, I'm going to get second. Like, that's cool. And I was like, wait, I can win. Like, no, I can do this. And, like, I remember I, I, I went. And like I'm literally having this debate like while I'm running, and that's that's not good. It's not good to like check out and do that. But I was literally having this this debate with myself like as I'm running, and that's really sums me up. It's like it doesn't matter what the scenario is. I'll literally be, mm-hmm. you know, that's mid fighting for my life, fighting for position. I'm debating on if I want to try to succeed or not. I'm debating on if I want to go ahead and, you know, do the extra extra little bit to victory or not. And I'm really debating this while I'm running down the home stretch. You know, while I'm in the turn. Um, I'm debating him if I'm going to try to go for it or not. And that's literally me all day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that, man. And, um, you know, dude, the reason why I asked you that question and the reason why I actually uh, started this podcast is because, you know, like, like I remember when I was a kid, like whenever we had maybe like a speaker or something, like a very successful person come to our school, you know, they would always talk about their life and – Maybe it was just from my perception, but you know they would always try to like paint themselves as like you know they were always successful, like they never you know what I mean like they never have negative thoughts like if anything happened in their life they they like got on top of it right away, and it's just like i I sort of like began to see like the same thing in the podcast market of like all these people hosting podcasts and you know saying that like they're they're like experts and this and that and all the guests that they bring on like they talk about all their successes like all the cool things but it's like i don't really think that necessarily helps people i think that can actually alienate a certain number of people and it's like dude what i'm just trying to do with my podcast is like i am simply trying to show people that successful people have doubts, have fears, have insecurities, but the difference between them and you is that they just do it. They just take action. Even if their brain is telling them like, dude, like don't wake up in the morning or like, you know, hit the snooze button or or don't go to the gym today. And of course, you know, we're all going to have those moments, but they just push through it and they take action and they build that momentum. So um thank you. Thank you very much for, for answering that. I really appreciate that.
1: No, definitely. it's crazy. Yeah, no, no, it's crazy. People say it's all easy. No, I, I, I've failed so many times. Uh, and, the worst thing, and the worst thing that can happen when you do something is that it's not going to work, right? The worst thing that can happen is you find out a couple of different ways that it doesn't work. You can keep trying or find something else you want to put your energy into. But the worst that can happen is it just it doesn't pan out. And you try something else you can be good at. Uh, same as, you know, I, I have the same scenario if I'm, you know, talking to that attractive girl. But the worst you can say is no. Right. You mm-hmm. don't know until you tell you tell you ask. You don't know until you find out. And that's actually gotten me a lot of sponsorships just mm-hmm. because I took the initiative to go for it. Right. I'm sitting here doubting myself like, OK, it's a big company. They're not going to work with me. Well, shoot, let me find out. Let me ask, you know, let me see, you know, let me talk to them, see what we can't figure out. And the next thing you know, we have a, a blossoming relationship just because I I tried and just trying, just doing the extra little oomph over a long period of time, eventually like actually get somewhere. Whether it works, you know, the first time or the 50th time, if you do it enough times, like giving the extra little effort pays off.
0: Mm, mm, totally, man. And so, you know, I, I sort of like want to switch gears here. And uh, <laughs> I think the best way, I think the best way we could do this is uh, your your most recent Instagram post, the caption is when you won an Olympic gold medal, <laughs> people refer to you as Turtle Man. So, man, <laughs> how, did, how did people start referring to you as Turtle Man? What, like, tell us what happened.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, funny, funny story. Another random story of my life. Um, I was driving down the road. It was a nice Sunday afternoon, and there was a, a gopher tortoise in the road. I didn't know it was a gopher tortoise at the time. I just saw this this tortoise in the road. And uh, I sort of miss it. And I was like, Yo, I was going to get hit. So I turned back, I run, I stopped my car in the turning way, run out and grab it. And I had my friend recording just in case mm-hmm. like I got hit or in case something happened. Um, I had proof that I wasn't, you know, being crazy running in traffic. You know, being in Florida, I want to be the next Florida man runs in traffic, you know, headline. Um, so I like, got <laughs> my friend like, hey, just record this, make sure nothing crazy happens. Um, and then I posted it. Like I post, if you follow me on you know social media, I post random little stories about animals and different stuff all the time. So that's not out of the norm for me and uh it went for lack of a better term it went viral uh the next day i woke up and it had you know 1.2 million views and it kind of just went from there um mm. and long story short it ended up on ellen mm. and so from there yeah from there I, uh, I started a foundation it's called the golden tortoise rescue foundation um it's all about uh saving turtles about the environment about helping mm. the go for tortoise um rehabilitation and all it's all focused on tortoises and from there It kind of just, kind of just went. People started saw me on Ellen, started calling me Tortoise Man. She gave me this medal, like this golden tortoise medal. um, So that didn't help. (laughs) And then um, people send me like tortoise videos of them like rescuing them, and I'll send them out a bracelet and a t-shirt, you know, as a thanks. You know, you you stopped and saved a life. You deserve a thank you. So the foundation sends them out a t-shirt and a bracelet. It's kind of like, okay, get, you know, thank you for taking time out and then posting the video. So people send me a lot of tortoise videos and turtle videos and. And posts and stuff like that and it's kind of slowly yeah slowly slowly started people calling me turtle man it's kind of funny like you know in the last that's been the last year it was last november october and so you know all of this you know long track career and it boils down to the last, the turtle man it's just funny
0: it's so funny man but it's also so so awesome i'm, I'm so glad you didn't get hit <laughs> by traffic, man, that would have been really bad. Um, yeah, and great. it's, uh, it's yeah, totally. And it's awesome that, you know, you, you got $10,000 for your foundation on Ellen. When I was watching that, I was watching your face. I was just, I was laughing. I was super, super happy for you, man. So, I mean, dude, tell us a little bit, like, like, how does the, how does the foundation work? Like, what are you guys doing? Do you guys have any, um you know future plans and sure. um i mean another question is like did you start the foundation just sort of um when the video went viral or did you have like a spot in your heart for turtles pr- previously
1: um i've always you know i've always loved reptiles turtles you know i had a couple of pet turtles growing up i had a pet anole i had a pet uh pet iguana um so i've always liked reptiles so that's been there And then in doing this, like reading the comments, and like as this video kind of took off, there was a whole a lot of people saying like, oh, we do this too. Like we're always stopping, rescuing turtles. Like I was like, okay, so this is a need. Like this going on, you know, all over Florida and all over the place where people are stopping and and picking up turtles. And so I'm doing research, and okay, I find out that it is a bigger problem. The gopher tortoise is endangered, and it's a keystone a keystone species. So, over 350 Mm. other species use their burrows and tunnels as homes and habitats and things like that. So, they're a big part of the ecosystem um, and their local habitat. So, I was like, okay, so this is a bigger problem. So, I'm like, what can I do to help? You know, I've always been, I've always loved animals, you know, growing up with a farm. I wanted to be a vet and a zoologist before I realized that Mm. school for that was entirely too long that I wanted to do. So, that dream died. So, this was a way for me to still be involved, still help animals, still. Follow my passion and actually help out at the same time. So, I, you know, kind of like how, you know, track went, you know, I saw an opening, I saw a passion and I, I went with it. And I saw a need and I, I went with it. So, now moving forward, I want to have uh, after school programs in place that teach uh, animal conservation. So, going to be nature walks where you walk around the local area you know, mapped out and kind of learn about the world around you. Because, you know, if you had a kid in the car, you know, telling their parents to stop because they know it's a tortoise, tortoise and they know the tortoises cross near ponds and near open, you know, open um, open fields. Now the parents are more alert because their kid is telling them that. And the kid does, knows that because they went to one of the programs and now have appreciation for nature, which I get from, you know, living, you know, in a farm and being bored. So what I'm doing, I'm outside, you know, in the pond collecting toads, right? But they don't have that experience. So now they get a chance to go out there and learn about what they're doing. And they're going to, you know, all the animals we see on the way and the birds and the stuff. We're going to go and, you know, spend the last 30 minutes and learn about it. Right. So what kind of leaves did we see? What mm-hmm. kind of animals did we spot? What is their habitat? What do they eat? And kind of just give her appreciation for nature starting at a young age. Um, I'm also getting some stickers made that say uh, this this car stops for tortoises and turtles. Just so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something fun. People can put on if we want to just, you know, make people alert. Um, I'm getting some signs made to say turtle crossing signs. Um, I'm getting those in place that are, no, that are known you know, crossings for a lot of uh, turtle traffic. So I've been kind of mapping that out and seeing what areas that can go in there. I'm going to start working with the local foundations to uh, see about where those would be most, uh, most where they'd be important, where they'd be needed. And then also I'm running a, I um, just started, yeah, the world, here's a first here. Uh, I'm starting writing a children's book um, as well that's going to oh, go wow. along with it. It's kind of going to bring it all full circle. Um, cause that helped me out a lot growing up was reading about adoption and about, you know, different things in children's books. Right. So the zebra and giraffe parents had a baby rhino and that made sense because it was in the kids. book, And so that was also like how my parents segued adoption was normal because, you know, I'm reading in the book. That's normal. Our family normal. It's normal. Right. And so the same, I kind of want to do that about uh, conservation. You know, put it in a kid-friendly scenario from kitty stories and have it, you know, in a a kid's book. So I'm starting writing that, and that's gonna that's the next like big project I'm working on now. Actually,
0: wow, wow, man, I'm super, super glad to hear that. I did not know. Um, Quick question: is is there a way for uh, people listening to help with the foundation, do you guys have uh, a website up or anything like right that? Right
1: now, I do not have a website. Uh, I've been It's been very slow, tedious work. It's been just me. Uh, right now, I have the Instagram, mm-hmm. and a, and on there it has an email. So it's the Golden Tortoise Rescue Foundation on Instagram, okay. and it's uh, teamgtr at uh, GoldenTortoiseRescue.org for the email. And uh, so until I can get the site up and running and really get a flow with uh, where I want to get it going. I didn't look at site yet, just because right now i just be a site with some some tortoise pictures on it, just like the Instagram would be. Uh so right now I haven't yet. But moving forward I will have the site up where kids can sign up for the after school program online, um, get that going, where people can send in their videos and get them posted on like the different outlets. Um and just things like that. I want to have like a community, community based website. So I don't like to put anything out um half assed. Excuse my excuse my word. So I want to make sure I have it exactly, you know, everything exactly crisp, uh, how I want to lay it out before I present it out there. So it's coming, just not yet. Sweet. Yeah. We'll definitely put those, uh,
0: Instagram links below, man. I, um, turtles are one of my favorite animals, bro. Like I, (laughs) I maybe had like three pet turtles as a kid. Like it, like they just got a real, um, a real awesome spot in my heart, man. But, um, but yeah, David. Thank you thank you so much for for coming on man. Um you know we'll have we'll have all the links below to like your Instagram and stuff but is there anything uh specific that you want people to check out or, or anything of the sort right now?
1: Honestly uh you know my, my personal stuff cool but then honestly the foundation page I'm really working on uh, really, you know getting the word spread about that cuz of course the more the more you know the more videos that get sent in, the more turtles that are saved at the end of the day um, from people sending it in and getting stuff back. So, yeah, I really want to grow the, the Instagram page. I really want to get a lot of a lot of backing behind the, the foundation. Um, my personal page, that's, that's here or there. But like definitely like the, the foundation, I want people to go check it out. You know, if you know turtle enthusiasts, tortoise people, you know, send it to them. Even if you don't, you know, share the page. I'm trying to trying to do something with it for sure.
0: Awesome. Awesome, dude. So, uh, you know, before we wrap up here, I just want to take a moment and acknowledge you, David, like, you know, you, you're such a a humble, you know, hardworking, down to earth, like I mentioned before, guy. And, you know, man, like, I remember when we were in Orlando, like, you know, I could just totally feel your presence, you know, when I was talking to you and when you were speaking, no problem, man. When you were speaking at the panel, like it was very, very evident that like people really, really vibed with who you were despite their background, whether they were an athlete or not, man. So dude, keep doing what you're doing, man. And the last thing that I do, uh, before we kind of wrap up the podcast is have the guest, uh, you know, leave the audience with a self-inquisitive question, man. Like, you know, for me in my life, I think that questions are like cognitive sort of like tools that somebody can use to like maybe open up a new pathway in their life. And so, you know, I'm wondering if you could leave our audience here with a question to ask themselves.
1: Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, what dream are you running away from today? <laughs>
0: Holy crap, man. That's so powerful. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I implore everyone to like think about that, write that down um, because that's very powerful. David, dude, thank you so much for for coming on the show, man. You are a real human 2.0. Thank you to everyone out there for listening. This has been your host, Mark Metric. Damn. You made it till the end of the podcast. That's really rare in the age of digital distraction. This really means the world to me. I really hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to hop on over to my website, Mark Metry, or message me on social media. I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. My name is Mark Metry, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you learned in this episode and I'll be sure to get in touch with you and if you really really love the podcast I'd highly appreciate it if you went on iTunes right now and left me a review it helps way more than you know let's get this humans 2.0 grassroots movement going Woo! get out there and do something impactful today